0: Before we get to today's episode of the podcast, I want to give you a brief snippet of our Stay Forth story. Stay Forth Designs, we exist to help leaders get healthy and reach sustainable impact. We don't want you to burn out or flame out in the meantime. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that we're crazy about leaders living and leading right side up. This world is upside down in so many ways. At the kingdom of God, there's this picture of leading. Right side up, what feels like upside down to have limits, to have boundaries, to have sustainable impact over the long haul without burning out, without flaming out, without having a moral failure of some kind. My friends, it is possible. And we work with leaders each week at Stay Forth who are on that path, who are getting healthy, who are overcoming obstacles, who are leading at an incredibly high level, who are gaining clarity in their lives. And we see this friends, it is possible to live and lead right side up for the long haul without losing our souls in the meantime. And there are two ways that we primarily live that out at Stay Fort. The first one is coaching that helps leaders clarify. We are leadership coaches. We help leaders to be able to understand, to discern some of the obstacles in their leadership and some of the next steps that they can take. And then we hold leaders accountable. We get to watch leaders grow into the influence that God has designed them for. And we're seeing some incredible things happen, not just leaders accomplishing incredible things, the what in their life, but becoming incredible people, the who in their life. The second thing that we do at State Fort Designs is we host experiences that help leaders to replenish. We are tired in this season. Leadership is hard. It's challenging for people to want something from you all the time, whether you are a mom or a CEO or you lead a nonprofit or you're a pastor in a local church, you're a podcaster, you're an online influencer. That is hard for people to have expectations of you. We create these four-day experiences where we serve you. You come, you don't lift a finger. We go to beautiful places. We pair you with like-minded, like-hearted leaders We have great conversations and oh yeah, we have fun and really good food along the way. Those experiences are an incredible time. You'll continue to hear about those here on the podcast. The coaching is helping leaders to win, to become the people God has designed them to be so they can do the things God has designed them to do. Guys, we are seeing incredible things happening. If you are interested in coaching, to help you clarify in this next season what steps you're gonna take and then to be on the path to take those. One of our coaches can get a free breakthrough session with you. Our coaches come in from Zoom all over the country and we have some incredible leaders that we can match and pair with you and with your needs. And if you are interested in an experience, head on over to stayforth.com, click on the experiences tab or click on the coaching tab. You can see a little bit more what's behind that. Go ahead and just send us an intro email. Tell us about the kind of coaching or experience that you desire, and we will let you know when that becomes available for an experience, and we will connect you with the right coach, and you get a free breakthrough coaching session to be able to clarify some of the things going on in your life and leadership right now. Friends, we are more than a podcast here at the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We have all kinds of other things, including a Right Side Up community, including our Right Side Up journal. We have an email. We send every single Tuesday called Tuesday Tune Up with practical next steps. You can find information on that in the show notes below. We're gonna continue to host conversations about health and impact at the collision or the intersection of the spiritual and the practical. Friends, who you are matters more than what you do. We wanna help you steward the life God has given you the things you are designed to do, but in order to do that, you need to figure out who you are and who God has designed you to do. We're going to continue to have these conversations right here on the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Now, on with this episode. Well, friends, welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to our series on experiences. We are a big fan of experiences here at Stay Forth, here's what I believe. Experiences have the power to rewire the brain in ways that information does not. There's a moment that shaped you in the last 18 months. There's probably a moment that shaped you in the last week. There's probably a moment where somebody spoke into your life that you'll never forget and changed the course of your life. A teacher, a mentor, a friend, that wasn't just information that was an experience. And we're going to kind of peel back the layers of experiences at Stay Forth, a lot of our why and our what, maybe most importantly, our who, my partner in crime and or all kinds of kingdom mischief and experiences, Michael Larson on the podcast today. So good to have you, my man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm good to chat through some of this stuff. So what you guys don't get to see in here is that Michael and I are often uh, collaborating on these experiences and we get a little bit jazzed up about how we can kind of continue to dial up a stay forth experience for surprise and delight, but honestly for replenishment. When leaders leave and are excited again, having vision again, reconnected to other people again, feeling like there's less blocking their vision Uh, their relationship with God, feeling reconnected. Um, Frankly, them just sleeping some more, having some laughs in the tank, they go back to their families, they can bless a whole lot of people. And and Michael and I share that common heart. But we do this in some really different ways. And so Michael, why don't you give us just a little bit of your picture? What is your role here at Stay Forth?
1: Yeah, so officially, formally, it's uh, Director of Experiences. And um, I would say that that kind of Ends up in a couple of different buckets. Um, one is operations, so actually, you know, figuring out planning details, logistics of an experience. Because really, in the end, we always talk about kind of bringing each experience up a little bit. It's just, it's just a sum of all of those details put together that that produces creates what I think is an excellent and we'll talk about it, but ridiculously refreshing experience. At stay force. So operations, that's one piece. Uh the actual execution of it. Um, I have I've played the role of of chef and and you know bottle washer and grocery getter and all of that kind of stuff, because again, that's important for setting up an environment where people get the things that you just kind of commented on already. And then the other kind of piece that we're just starting to get into a little bit is just consulting other hosts and and event curators on these types of experiences. So we're just kind of dabbling in that, but that's been fun to to play a little bit of an external role, but still uh, get into the nitty gritty a little bit with
0: uh, just some other people that are hosting these kinds of experiences. Yeah, there was a day when this was just an idea. This was just a dream. We literally said, let's give it a shot. And let's see what happens. And you use the word curate really intentionally. Tell me why? Why is that the right word to use with experiences?
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times when I think of the the word curate, it's you, you almost think of an art museum. And the reality is the curator at an art museum it isn't painting anything, they're not, you know, sculpting anything, they are specifically and intentionally arranging the pieces of artwork around the museum or the gallery in a way that the, the sum is greater than the parts, right? And so I, I really kind of look at our events as that's, that's my role, you know, to take and assemble all of these pieces, in order to produce an event and experience that people get out of it more than really they probably hoped or thought, uh, hopefully more than any other experience that they've been to. And while we sometimes create, I mean, I'm doing some cooking and, and you know, doing some branding or graphic design, really I'm just arranging those kind of those parts in order to uh, really provide a sense of care. Uh, when I talk about curate, when I use that word, I feel like there's an innate sense of care in the way that we do things versus just an event planner or just a caterer. You know, th- those things have their place and their role, but I think at Stay Forth we've we've become or we kind of come into our own with this word of curate, and it's just got an intentionality
0: to it that produces something that that we really believe in. Agreed. Every detail is intentionally sort of sewed and woven together like you say, to be something greater than it could have been separately. This is not just a dinner. It sits as a transformative moment in the midst of a four-day seamless experience. Um, And we talk endlessly about those details, not because we deeply, deeply care about every detail, but because we care about the people. Therefore, we have to care about every moment. Michael, take me back to when you started (laughs) to first realize experiences are powerful. And oh, yeah, I want to be part of that.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot uh, over the last probably... 12, 18 months about that. And, and even just in an assessment that I just took, it said, kind of, what are some experiences that, that make you kind of remember that the origins of the thing that you're passionate about now. And so even before I really knew the impact of them, I was doing events experiences. I remember doing, setting up a circus with my sisters where my parents came in with tickets, you know, and they did the games and it was right there in our basement. And then that kind of evolved. I remember doing a coffee house event as a youth group leader. We did an amazing haunted house. In college, and then the, the the place the the time where really I think I kind of um, understood and embraced the transformational aspect of experiences was a thing that that we started probably ten years ago with a, a bunch of small group guys. We called it man camp, and it was about as uncamp like as possible. We just we ate and we we sat around a bonfire, but we stayed in the house, and um, we had so much time that was just restful, that it really got to the place where guys opened up. And I mean, literally that, that would be this, this large rock in their calendar where, you know, it, it kind of got them through parts of the year, either looking back and saying, wow, I was so encouraged by that or looking forward and anticipating it. And I think so much of the power in that event wasn't that we were just, you know, grabbing a couple of cases of beer and a bunch of hot dogs and, you know, heading out somewhere. It was the attention to detail. It was thinking through, again, how do we curate something that really becomes so different? We use, you know, we, we kind of use the word disorienting a lot in Stay Forth experiences. And that's that's what we plan is that you, you get immersed in something that feels so different that you kind of look at life differently and you begin to say, okay, I can see myself changing because of this, this event or experience. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's a hope for us at Stay Forth that, that's too big because we've seen that happen. So that, those are kind of the origins, I think, of of mm-hmm. the beginning of experiences for me.
0: Yeah, it's an alternative world. And yeah. maybe the alternative world is one for four days that exists without email and without mm-hmm. urgency and without anything that you need to do. I think about leaders, maybe the most disorienting thing, Michael, is as we serve people, we have this rule that is you're not allowed to serve yourself. We are here to serve you. And often we we talk about even how we as leaders can hide behind serving other people mm-hmm. and not meet our own needs. And even this idea of surprise and delight, like, what if it was better than a Chipotle burrito lunch meeting that you could have? What if it was a meal that you sort of get lost in? And literally we'll talk about. Um, this meal that leaders get lost in every single time that becomes kind of a crescendo of our time. Um, I'm curious to you, what do you think, what do you think it is? What's that magic thing that makes an experience transformative that takes people to that alternative world?
1: So I can, I mean, I can only speak from my personal experience. And it's funny that you, that you asked that question because probably, I don't know, six or eight weeks ago I did an event here in the Chicago land and a guy really spelled it out for me in a way that I hadn't, I hadn't kind of embraced myself. And we had just been chit chatting. This guy was an incredibly generous man in this beautiful home. And he he had no affiliation to the group outside of just he kind of knew what knew a guy. And he, he set up this beautiful table and, and he was ready to host this luncheon. And he had kind of watched me set up and start to pull out some, some details and things and he said, you and I have are, are very similar. And I said, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he said, a lot of times people come into my home and leave changed and they almost wonder why. And he said, I know that it's the way that I approach hosting people in my home. It is it's a spiritual endeavor. And he does that with Christ in the center of, you know, of his home, but in his heart and the way that he hosts. And it kind of I kind of took a step back and I was like in because I had just that that afternoon been chopping cilantro and praying for the people that I was going to serve to. And so without over spiritualizing it, I really do think that in the process, in the details, in the planning, in the prep, I, I have I have grown to love that as much as the event itself, because it gives me time to really invest in a spiritual way. Um, and then I think from that both with my heart prepared and that God hopefully preparing the hearts of those people who end up on these experiences, something pretty pretty special has happened and it's it's happened a bunch of times. So I feel like, all right, we've hit onto something here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we all know the best ingredient in food ever is love. So let's just start there, but we can easily joke about that, but intention, right? That it's, it's in every detail that we could set it up for, the distractions that don't come to them, that intentionally we're guarding it, the things we keep in, the things we keep out. So absolutely, people feel that, people sense that. This is an act of worship to put this environment together so you can reconnect with God, even reconnect with some of the past, maybe things that you've forgotten about yourself or misplaced. Yeah. So Absolutely, man, really well said. Talk about stay forth experiences. When we talk about these ridiculously repl- re- refreshing experiences where a leader goes yeah. back replenished, that's a lot of R's right there. When we talk about that, what are some of the key pillars of those experiences? I, I think
1: when well, when we talk about, when we say the word ridiculous, we really do want people to feel like what is happening? You know, and we've had people say that what one more thing to eat, one more beautiful drink, one more awesome experience. And you know, it's like, what what, is happening? What is going on here? And so we want people to feel spoiled. I mean, a lot of the people that, um, that have come on these experiences are, are busy, like you said, serving other people constantly, you know, and so for them to be the recipients and then not just the recipients of like you said, while I do love a Chipotle burrito, you know, it's more than that over the top, almost this the surprise, this disorienting nature of, of not just quantity, but quality of the things that we're, we're blessing them with. And so that's kind of, for me, the ridiculous aspect comes out in that way. The refreshing piece is. Boy, just the time away. Um, we, we prep people. We do set, I mean, rules make for great experiences and events. And we often say, hey, put up your email, you know, auto response, turn your phone off, let your, your friends, your family know that you really are, are checking out. And there's there's just an ability to become refreshed in those moments when you really set aside a time that isn't just, you know, an hour on your commute home of quiet. I mean, it's it's different when it's two, three days in the middle of a week where you've been really intentional about it. So as we talk about ridiculously refreshing, those are kind of the, the overarching themes, but we really do have a, a very practical process that we've got for creating an experience that is valuable. So we want, we want four elements, a part of every single experience. And this could be, you know, really an hour to lunch or a four day experience. We want people to have fun. So we put blocks intentionally in uh, that space to have fun. And that can look like a ton of different things. We got ATV rides or we've got really cool tours that maybe you've never experienced or, or whatever the case may be, but we really do want people to have fun. Uh, We want people to relax. So there are specific pockets like go take a nap, feel free to sleep in, sit by a pool, you know, sit and stare at a mountain, whatever the case may be where, where there's just that, that space to relax. Um, and then we do, we want to incorporate some sort of learning content piece. Um, you know, we are, we are fighting against a little bit, the conference model, right? So we all want to say, okay, how much can we learn in three or four days? And we do push against that, but we also understand that having some, some learning, some, some context there is super helpful for people just to take away a little bit of a nugget and for a springboard for conversation, you know, around the bonfire, you know, in the, in the backyard. And often that that comes
0: through a mentor. Um, We're starting to do that more. We'll invite somebody who's just an incredible, uh, you know, just a picture of who we want to be essentially in in 20, 30, 40 years. And to have that relational space, I just watch how life-giving that can be. And they don't need to even prepare anything. They just kind of come ready to kind of give, mentor, have conversation. Um, We've done that as like a field trip scenario. We're in a particular place that has learning resources with it. And there's one that's one of you and I's favorites that is disorienting to people every time because it's done with such intentionality and excellence. And, uh, and a tour wouldn't be the right word there. It really is a field trip, an immersion, taste and see um, learning experience. So uh, I think people are probably picturing one on one exchange of information. um, And that's really how um, probably the easiest way uh, to teach and so we continue to challenge ourselves how do we teach in more of that experiential and mm-hmm. relational and, and a lot of the processing that can happen has been beautiful in the learning space
1: well and i, I i've loved what you've brought in in the past um you know people who are really peers with some of the people that are on the event or the experience and they're and yet they're learning from them because they're going through the same stuff but maybe they conquered something or maybe they just got a different way of looking at it and then the reality is a lot of the learning happens you know Person to person, you know, these people are just they're, they're coming from same worlds in a lot of ways. And some of the most impactful lessons, I think, have been passed along from person to person at the experience. And then the last space is just independent space. So we don't, we don't want to restrict the calendar, the schedule, the agenda so much that people just feel kind of squashed. We say, Hey, this is just for you. Do what you want to do. So if you want to go for a run, great. If you want to go for a hike, if you want to you know, hang out by the pool or do all of these things that we've already mentioned, um, that's kind of that fourth piece, just to give people the freedom to feel like, hey, again, it's not a rigorous schedule. You know what you need. We're going to facilitate that as much as we can. And then you take advantage of, of those spaces in the way that you need to.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the intentionality of those pieces is beautiful, uh, and yet the space, there's still space in this. I often hear yeah. people say, man, it felt like it went on forever. It felt like it was longer than four days. And our replenishing mm-hmm. experiences are four days. We found that to be a sweet spot, just long enough, but not too long that our families have to pay too badly for us to to be gone. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of beautiful how those weave together. Somebody needs time to crack up outside on the porch and and yeah. just be meeting a new friend. Um, I'll probably sneak off and grab a quick nap. And then, you know, maybe somebody else is going for a run, opportunities to hike. Um, I just think that's when sort of the the group potential in many ways comes out. Um, so fun to think about, man, I want you to kind of reach back into your bank of memories. We've had a lot of good memories already on Stay forward Experiences. Yeah. Are there two or three that stick out that you see, man, this was incredibly meaningful, transcendent. Uh, I will never forget this.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there, there really have been so many. And I think part, part of it for me is because I, I, I loved, I love to cook, I love to do the event side of things, but it, it really, if it was just a good time, that would be a letdown, you know, and mm-hmm. so seeing the trans, like the transformational moments have been so cool. Um, I do remember one guy sat there and said, I mean, we'd spent four hours and he said, this is the best meal I've ever had. Mm. And that was cool. And that was that was affirming, right? That was encouraging. That was a moment. But, um, immediately after that, he shared something so deep and you know, with so much uh vulnerability, just a raw emotion in that moment. And I couldn't help but think, okay, those mm. things are tied together. Mm. The reason yeah. that you're sharing this is because you just had the best experience over food. I wouldn't say necessarily the best food he's ever had, but definitely the best meal experience. And so because of that, he had this transformative moment in his life. He was, he was raw, he was open, he was vulnerable. And I can't help but think that that, you know, continued on in in his life as he went back home. So that, that was a really cool thing you mentioned already, you kind of alluded to it. We take this tour. It's really hard to describe, but through this neighborhood and, you know, co- co-working space, collaborative space, there's restaurants, there's all these things. And, you know, you think it's, it's very niche, we got a group of, you know, kingdom leaders on this, on this tour. And there was one moment we are standing in the farm. That's the, that's the core of this entire development. And it clicked for, for, you know, uh, half a dozen of the guys around there, they just lit up and they said, this is what, you know, applies. This is our life as pastors, as leaders, you know, and it was this, this guy's this, community development guys kind of mission. And so even moments like that, you you Mm -hmm. talk about disorienting moments and it would, it shouldn't have made as much impact as it did. And yet there it was, you know, it was this surprise, even for me as, as the planner of it, like, wow, I had no idea that this was going to have that kind of impact where people were going to take that away. And, um, and then I think, you know, one, one happened more recently, we had one of those mentors along and he was sharing a, a story from years back about, understanding burnout and his heart for leaders and, and, you know, which is really our heart at state force is just to, just to help them in that avoid the burnout or help them get out of the burnout. And he was sharing this. And again, it was so many people just clicked. You could see them nodding and saying, yes, yes, yes. And the reality was there was so much hope in that moment Mm -hmm. where he was honestly sharing, Hey, I get it. I'm here for you. I love you. I want, I want you to be healthy and just this, you know, almost sigh of relief that you heard around the table when he was sharing that. So those are just a few, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, dozens of amazing times and memories, but those were some.
0: Yeah. How many hours do we have uh, to share? I know, and it's, right. if I had to pick out two, I think probably the highs of, of the meaning and even some of the the tears almost. And then on the other side, just cracking up, just belly laughing, yeah. um, on those, one of them per- sticks out. This was in Colorado, it was in the winter time. We'd just come out uh, back from an ATV tour and people, I mean, we had been just minutes before looking over the peaks covered in snow. Some people had never been at that altitude before. And then we come back to this lodge with the fire crackling mm. and to have conversations about it. We talked longer about what we'd experienced up there and the guy that you know they thought was gonna topple over the mountain and he scared the guy in here. And it leads to this story. And it just felt right that here's some leaders coming out of the cold, warming up by the fire, eating some good food, having some stories. And yet we talked about some pretty intense discipleship conversations after that as well. Um, Some of that's planned, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't go before us, that stuff doesn't fully click or register. That was a beautiful moment um, to think through. All right, man, food. You keep talking yeah. about food. We keep referencing food. <laughs> Why is food such a powerful um, piece of these experiences that you would work so meticulously and even pray over the cilantro? Why is it that right. powerful? Right, the holy cilantro. You know, I, I think part of me doesn't
1: know, right? Part of me looks at a meal like that and, and says, "This is just this is just food," right? And yet, I think I also look and I say, "Wow!" But it has worked. And so knowing that there is something powerful, we talk about the power of the table and there's, you know, there's so much of of that, that that language, the feasting language in the Bible and, you know, stories where food is so central to, you know, to faith or to discipleship or to leadership. And so more than anything, it's almost like maybe in this, in this context, I'm a man of simple faith. It's like I, I don't know why setting a good table and making good food works, but it does work. It just and does. It does. And and you know, kind of kind of like that guy, you know, at that at that beautiful home that we that was the host. He said that that you know the spirit is in that meal, and in in that same way there, you, I've just seen it happen enough times to know that there's there's power in the table. There's power in um, in intentional kind of crafting, creating, cooking. Uh, in a way that's that's really significant, um, and I think one thing that's probably specifically around the food, and we talk about ridiculous. I mean, we've done we've done like seven, eight, nine, ten course meals. That that is that is ridiculous, and yet there's something about that extended meal. People haven't had that before, and and I actually tell people at the very beginning, even tell myself. We're gonna go at a slow pace. Mm, and the yes. first dinners that I did, we you know, we were done way sooner than I wanted to be because I felt rushed because that's that's the habit of life, right? I mean, it, it, you're like me, we got a lot of kids, and dinner time is like, here's the food, we're done, we're out, you know? And you look at you like, what just happened in 15 minutes? And yep. that is that is our pattern, that is our that's our life. And so to say, hey, we're not, we're not doing that tonight. Each course, in and of itself, it has you know been prepared with care. So let's enjoy it with care. Let's slow down, and so really facilitating that that slower pace through the food, I think, has been one of the things that, again, that it's been it's been so so powerful not not in the food itself, but in the environment that it eventually creates for conversation, for just um, a slowing of our spirits that is totally unique. I, I mean, especially in today's culture, we're just spinning to have, to say, I literally spent four and a half hours sitting at a table. I mean, you know, these are, these are people that fidget. These are people that, you know, run their lives, you know, like schedules that you wouldn't believe. And four hours they sat. And one guy, you know, it was great, great comedy said four hours felt like 40 minutes and that's a win, you know, that's yeah. a, okay. That's what we're trying to create in those moments.
0: Yeah. About four years ago, um, in my spirit, I had to call bluff on the conference model that we no longer need to get on a plane to go get the newest, latest information, which by the way, isn't the newest and latest. It's on a podcast somewhere. It's in a book somewhere. Um, and I saw the conference model being good pieces of it, deeply broken and, and outdated. Maybe it existed for a season, but that we're no longer just hungering for the right information. If we could just get the right data, well, it's probably in a study somewhere you could get it easier for you and I, it's a hard thing to get us to leave on a plane, to go somewhere else, to invest several days in. And we began to see that experiences are actually where it's at. And I think it's been building for some time. We've talked about the experience economy right here on the podcast. We've been exploring and sort of unearthing why experiences are so powerful, and why there's a deep hunger for them right now. I want you to zoom out, Michael, and think five to 10 years from now, where do you see these kind of experiences uh, popping up in the next five to 10 years?
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my hope is, my hope is everywhere. You know, I think probably the best um, kind of analogy or comparison or, or model, we've all been to the big fundraiser banquet and they give you chicken, green beans, mashed potatoes. You know, they give you a little, little bit of something fun, maybe a video, you know, and, and I understand those things they're hard to do in a different way they're, they take a ton of effort and intention. And yet what would it look like to have, you know, a couple dozen of those around a dining room table where the person who's greatly most greatly significantly impacted is saying this is what this organization has meant to me um you know and, and i think again to your point the conference model one of the biggest things I've, I've gone to so many of those conferences and felt overwhelmed coming home i didn't think i didn't think i was broken or my organization was broken <laughs> until i went <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, there are 20 things that I have to do this week. Not
0: as smart as that guy up on stage. <laughs> right, that guy else, exactly. They obviously have it together.
1: And the reality is because they're up on stage, because I don't know them, because I didn't get to pick their brain before and after and realize that actually that thing took them 12 years to figure out and a hundred different failed attempts and a team of 27 people, because I don't know kind of what's under the hood, because it's a huge event, I don't really... I don't really understand everything about it. And when you're sitting around a table with somebody, when you're at an experience with a half a dozen people, 20 people, something like that, you are asking those questions. And for me, when I see somebody doing something great, when I see somebody successful, and then I understand all of the things behind it, and I can say, oh, my goodness, that's so much more encouraging. I can actually do that because this guy had a dozen things that he had to fight that are just like the dozen of things that I think I have to fight today. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, because of those conversations, that can only happen in a more intimate environment. I feel encouraged. I feel like I can actually succeed in the areas where God has called me because I'm not just taking notes from that guy who has, you know, supposedly has it, has it all together. So I would lo- I would love to see him everywhere. I would love to see, mini banquets. I just, I just read an article about micro weddings. I mean, you know, COVID has forced us to do things a a lot differently in a lot of ways. And I think some of that we're going to say, wow, that was actually pretty cool. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that aspect of that allowed me to see people and events and food in a totally different way that, that I really, I, I can see and sense the care in a room. That's the size of my dining room rather than the size of a gymnasium or whatever.
0: Well, and in a COVID year when large experiences and conferences were canceled, we continued every single experience we had planned. One of them we had to delay. And yet that's not lost on me that we had a great year of experiences when others just physically were not allowed um, to do that and allowed us to be lighter and, and nimble. And people were actually hungrier than ever for those experiences. We are overwhelmed on information. We are hungry for experiences and to add to that, we're lonely after a season of yeah. COVID. We really um, want and need to get out to connect, to learn, to reconnect with some of who we are, maybe what we have lost, to name some things that have been hard, and to head forward into the future. Uh, and so I see these small experiences continuing to explode. I think they'll pop up everywhere. We want to continue to lead these with excellence and to, as we say, curate these um, with excellence. And so this whole environment is a gift to the leader, as well yeah. as the replenishment that they can go back and be a gift from their family and the concentric circles, all the way out to their team and their organization, and ultimately to the world. Um, mm-hmm. As we continue to, to transform, so we can bless. Michael, it is so fun uh, to continue to Host to curate experiences right now. We are dreaming and strategizing on three or four as we push our way forward, which is awesome. Just coming off of a ladies' experience, friends. If you didn't listen to that podcast, Chelsea Hill shares um, an experience from Colorado. We're heading into uh, another one coming up here, Um, so it's just a really exciting season. We feel as a team that we're prepared for. Uh, a moment such as this right now in this season, uh, and it's and it's really exciting. We want to steward that well. So if you're listening to this and you are feeling overwhelmed, friends, we want to invite you into an experience. Maybe that experience looks like two hours for you on a walk by yourself. Maybe that experience looks like bringing friends over for dinner that you haven't had over for eighteen months and you've missed it. Maybe that experience is jumping on a plane and joining us for a stay forth experience coming up. Maybe that looks like taking your staff away instead of a staff half day of meetings to a staff experience. Somebody I'm coaching is leading that at a lake uh, right now as we speak and wants to invite them into an experience, not just a planning session. Friends, Hmm. we want to invite you into experiences this summer. We want to inspire you, challenge you that we are desperate for experiences in this moment we actually may need less information. We may need more reconnection time with the Father and with others. Friends, it is a joy to host experiences. If you want to check out what we mean by these experiences, just head on over to stayforth.com backslash experiences. We're going to be listing some In the near future. And also you can take a peek at some of the past ones and some of the ones that will be evergreen that will continue to repeat like our Phoenix fill up where we want to bless the heck out of pastors so they can replenish the week of Easter. We um, will have some ladies experiences coming up specifically for you. Some co-ed experiences. We've just done our first strategic experience where we're matching coaching together with experiences. So friends, we are not going anywhere. We want to continue to host you so you can continue to live and lead as God has designed you. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast.